Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Dosa Dental Podcast. The focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate and dental school experiences from dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. We're very excited to have dental student Zaid Rahman as our guest today. What's going on, everyone? Zaid graduated from Stony Brook University with a degree in biochemistry. He's now an incoming D3 student at the Columbia University College of Dental Medicine. He's planning to specialize in orthodontics. As an undergraduate, Zaid was heavily involved in the Pre-Dental Society at Stony Brook University, conducted research at the Stony Brook School of Dental Medicine, and served as a teaching assistant for organic chemistry. Hey, Zaid, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. How does it feel to complete your second year of dental school so far? It's exciting. It's a little nerve-wracking, too, because at the end of your second year, going into your third year, um, you begin seeing patients. You go into clinic, and you put everything you learned um, into practice. So, Zaid, of course, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, I've known you for a couple, couple, I guess, a couple of months now. Um, you know, you were Pat, you used to be the president of the Pre-Dental Society here at Stony Brook, so welcome back. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you are, where you're from, you know, how you feel. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've lived on uh, in Long Island, New York, my whole life. Um, like you guys said, I went to Stony Brook University for undergrad. Um, close to home. Um, I commuted there. Um, I was a biochemistry major. I minored in French. Um, and I mean, you guys gave me the, the whole intro already, but um, I'm really into basketball. We could talk basketball anytime if uh, you ever meet me. Um, uh, yeah, big into video games. Um, right now, uh, I live in Washington Heights in uh, New York City, which is where uh, the campus is. Um, yeah. So Zaid, of course, I have to ask you this. Uh, what got you into dentistry? What, what ignited that spark that, you know, you said that, okay, I want to, this is the thing I want to pursue. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of a lot of different things. I mean, growing up, I was always interested in health, medicine, science, just STEM, like that general field. Um, I guess like middle school is when I started getting into career searching and what I should be doing when I grow up. Um, and I went to the dentist. I, I had a new dentist when I was in middle school and I was like, Oh, well, this could be a cool career. They help people out. They, they're business people. They, uh, uh, they, uh, have their own hours. It's a cool, cool field. And I, I thought about it over the years into high school. Um, I started shadowing, started shadowing a dentist, um, really enjoyed that experience. And I think what really solidified it um, was one, pre-dental society, which we could go into um, for for a while. And two, I went to a a dental conference in New York, the Greater New York Dental Meeting. Um, And I saw thousands of dentists super passionate about their field, talking about dental technology, different dental diseases, what they're doing to treat patients. And I I was just so inspired by by how passionate these people are and how... um, how progressive the field is, how it's evolving every day. Um, And that really lured me towards dentistry. So you talked about the pre-dental society and like, you know, the kind of role that I've played. Um, Like what about it really made you, you know, attracted to dentistry was like, was it the community that they had there? Yeah. You guys did, you know, like events, stuff like that. You can go more into that. So when I was an undergrad, the pre-dental society was super involved with the dental school. And from, from the start, we, 
would visit the dental school and do hands-on activities. And I saw that dental students themselves took time out of the day to, to show their, their field to us. And that really, that was really motivating to me and dental faculty too. They took time out of their, their busy days to show us different procedures, make us more interested about the field. Um, and having that support system and going to a school, an undergrad that had a dental school was super helpful and really solidified my, my, my positive opinion about dentistry and, and made me want to pursue it even more. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I, I think it's really cool. You found a community of people that you really looked up to and that um, in the pre-dental society and even at Stony Brook right now, um, I'm in the pre-dental society and uh, um, it's just a really good tight-knit community of people. And um, so very fortunate for that. Um, so you mentioned you shadowed a little bit before we uh, got started here. I was wondering, you know, if there was a certain event or sort of experience that really got the ball rolling for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I started shadowing in high school into college. Um, it was at like a family friend's uh, office. Um, the procedures themselves, like shadowing the dentist was like, it was like cool and whatnot. But I, I really liked how the dental hygienist there really mentored me and showed me how to do different things. And I don't know, I'm just really attracted to people and fields where they're very welcoming. Um, that, and I also went on a, a mission trip to the Dominican Republic for uh, volunteers around the world, uh, the organization. Uh, we went to the Dominican Republic and to see that dentists from that country volunteering their own time to help its, their own community um, and to allow us to be involved it was also a very positive experience for me that I that I really value. You know, me personally, I went to the I went to Guatemala um, from like May 27th to June 9th of this year, and like when I tell you, um, you know, I work as a dental assistant here in Manorville, uh, going to like a third world country and seeing how lucky we are here to even have access to simple dental care. Um, compared to what they have, like patients would come in, you know, they have an abscess, infections, this and that. We can only do so much, right? Because we're only going to see them for like maybe a day, one appointment. So um, that was a little bit frustrating that we couldn't help them more. But the fact that we could impact them a little bit, just give them a little, uh, like a simple cleaning or, you know, like a filling or, you know, an extraction if they needed it felt really good. Um, but it really opened my eyes to like, you know, um, the struggle of dental health care, like around the world, you know? Um, so was that something that you found too? Like, did you see that dis discrepancy between, you know, how fortunate we are here and how less fortunate oh, that, did that, propel, yeah, did that most, propel you to like, you know, to solidify your placement in dentistry even more? Definitely. For sure. I encourage anyone, if you have the opportunity um, to serve in the under, underserved community, whether that's outside the U S or within the U S there's a, there's a lot of areas, rural areas in, in the country that, that lack dental um, healthcare. I encourage anyone to go out there and, and see the humanity in the field. And it, it really puts perspective on, on, the, on, the, on the work and contribution you could do in your career. It's, it's, it's a very altruistic career if you, if you want it to be one. Oh, exactly, for sure. Um, so I wanted to ask, how did you organize your experiences during undergrad? Like what, what activities did you focus on getting involved with? What, did you, you know, give an order of importance and which activities you prefer to do with the others. Um, so how'd you kind of like structure your extracurricular activities during undergraduate? Yeah, I mean, 
we talked about it briefly, but it all starts with pre-dental society. Um, it's, it differs by every university, but Sternerbrooks is so strong and so supportive. They really gave me guidance on what exactly I should be doing if I want to go into dental school, if I want to become a dentist. Um, definitely get involved with your pre-dental society if you have one at your school. If you don't, maybe you could be the one to start um, your pre-dental society. Um, that took priority. That was the main activity, I guess, I, I did in undergrad. Um, and it kind of branched out from there. From there, I learned about volunteers around the world. From there, I was able to find a research position at the dental school. Um, one thing I really enjoyed during undergrad was uh, being a TA. Um, so I TA'd for organic chemistry for two, two and a half years. Um, and there's, there's something just so rewarding about teaching other students about a subject that you yourself struggled in at one point um, and allowing people to overcome the mental block that is organic chemistry and um, making things easier for other people. I think that's super rewarding. Um, so, yeah, you kind of touched upon, you know, um, being an organic chemistry teaching assistant. I actually was able to be one last semester. And, you know, in addition to like helping it for like, you know, relearning the material for like DAT or something um, to even like help a struggling student that much. It's like really valuable. Um, something I wanted to ask, like, what kind of skills did you develop through all these extracurricular activities that you feel um, really helped you now that you're in dental school? Um, I would say leadership. A combination of leadership, TAing, really helped me build discipline, um, knowing that there are deadlines that I need to meet, um, being able to delegate roles with, uh, among other people. Um, in dental school, now that I'm in clinic, I have to report to faculty, I have to work with other students. It's a lot of coordination. I have to work with um, people at the front desk. Um, that, that type of dedication and... I guess it's a combination of different things that you pick up. Um, discipline um, from TAing. Um, anything specific? I don't know. Just the fact that I always kept myself busy in undergrad and knew that there are deadlines that I needed to meet um, and that there are consequences to these deadlines, right? Really put into perspective of the importance of me doing my job. And that's translated into dental school, to be honest. So, yeah, it sounds like you really had, um, you know, a good order of, uh, you know, your commitments and your priorities in check. You know, it's kind of something that's really important, even, you know, as most of these pre-dental students transition to the dental school process. Um, so I kind of want to ask along those lines, like how, how was that time management aspect of it? Was it uh, was it also something you had to tackle? Um, you know, it started with uh, my own personal situation. So I mentioned that I was a commuter um, at Stony Brook. Fortunately, I live, I lived five or 10 minutes away from home or away from school. Um, but uh, my father worked at the university and he, I would always coordinate my schedule with his, meaning I would have to go to school at seven in the morning and leave five in the afternoon, right? So it really taught me to prioritize what I need to get done at school. Um, and then do whatever else I can at home, um, whatever those tasks may be. And it really organized my day 
um, throughout. Um, and balancing that with friends, I mean, um, knowing that by 5 p.m. I have to get a lot of things done. It left me with a lot of free time in the evening. Um, if I need to stay after, I could um, hang out with my friends, do other things, go to do other activities. Um, but I don't know, I was, uh, I was on a strict schedule at, at certain points in undergrad that, that really straightened me out, you know? So I kind of want to go back to your why. Um, you know, like a big issue, not issue, but dilemma that, you know, a lot of pre-downs face is once we find like our why, or if, if we have found our why, how do we like maintain that motivation, you know, um, and not lose focus of your goal, not only during like undergrad, but like in dental school, because, um, you know, at least for me, like, you know, shadowing or something kind of reignites that flame. Like I want to do this, you know, when you're stuck in the books, it's a little bit different for sure. Like during school, you can find yourself kind of thinking like, do I still want to do this? Or I still want to do this. So, you know, how did you maintain that, that, uh, yeah. the passion? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that. That concern. I mean, once you find your why, I feel like that answers a, a lot of the question, but I say, keep yourself involved in dentistry in whatever way possible. Um, you said, Suraj, that you're a dental assistant. That keeps you in the field. You know the ins and outs of that field and you're evol involved every day and you see your, your dentist and you're like, I want to be him or her one day, you know? And I'm working for that, towards that goal every day. That's why I was in pre-dental society because I, I met so many dental students and they inspired me to keep going. I, I look at where they are in life and then and I keep telling myself I want to be there and if I, if I keep in mind my why um, and keep myself involved, um, there's no reason why I shouldn't make it, you know? Yeah, no, uh, I work as a dental assistant. Um, last summer I worked full-time, but, you know, because school's starting, it's not, not that much time to work. But I definitely try to dedicate at least one or two days to work because uh, I feel like when I'm in that setting, I'm always more motivated Uh to go to do my classes, to finish my pre-dental coursework and my, whatever I got to do, just because I know that that's where I want to be. Right. It like reminds me uh, every time I go in, like why I'm doing this, um, even though I know why, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it just serves as like another little, little bit of motivation and a little bit like, just like a reminder of why you're doing this. And like, that's where you want to be in the future. So I think that's definitely what's feeling my why as I continue this process myself. And I'm pretty sure um, it's doing the same for a lot of other students as well. Um, so Zaid, you mentioned you did a little bit of research during undergrad. Um, uh, if you'd like to elaborate on like exactly what you did, how'd you get it? Uh, how'd that kind of work out for you? Yeah. I mean, I was never inclined towards research. I did some research in high school like that was based on physics and I had really no idea what was going on. Um, and then I didn't do any other research until the end of my junior year. It was in anthropology. It was somewhat related to dental, looking at ancient uh, teeth, um, fossils, and trying to make connections to how one's, uh, how the teeth shape related to the diet in ancient times. Um, and then, during my senior year of undergrad is when I found a position at the dental school um, that was in implantology and um, kind of material science, but it's very related to dentistry. Um, it was super interesting. I mean, I would never tell someone to pursue research in a field that they're not interested in because it's, 
it's going to be like a living nightmare every day. Like you're going to be there for several hours a day, not enjoying what you're doing, wishing you could be doing other things. And, and it's not doing justice to the, to the work that you put in and to the, the mentor that you're working under. You're not doing anyone justice by doing that. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessary to do research at all to get into dental school. Um, maybe certain schools like Columbia are research focused and uh, they have a big research system at the school, but I know plenty of my classmates who didn't do research and, and they're, they're with me at Columbia. Um, it's just, it's always a plus though. It shows that you're able to uh, commit to um, a certain field. It doesn't have to be in dentistry, but you're able to commit time uh, produce tangible work and contribute to like the field of science or the world of science, which is always a good thing. Um, so, you know, just bouncing off that, uh, how can like pre-dentals, you know, kind of choose, um, a topic for research and how can they find it? Cause I know, you know, like everyone's like, just email a bunch of people, yeah. just th throw like a dart at the board, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, is, is there, is there like a secret formula? Like B squared, B squared equals C squared. Is it something like that? Or just... I mean, at the most basic level, it's always email a professor, uh, first look at their research paper, see if it's an interesting topic, and then shoot your shot and see if um, they'll respond. I feel like that's, uh, I don't know, you don't, really don't know what you're getting into um, if you do that, right? You, you're not actually like it. I think the best thing to do is um, find some undergraduate student or some dental student who's working under uh, some research mentor, ask them like about, the, uh, about what their research and then try to sneak your way into uh, joining that lab um, or wait till like that whatever student like graduates or something and, and try to pick it up from there. But I think the best thing to do is talk to students who are actively involved in research, uh, be intimate with them, ask them everything about it, ask them, is it something you're really interested in or is it just something you're doing for your resume? Um, and the students more often than that will give you an honest answer. Um, and they'll tell you the best professors to go to, the most, the, the ones that are most enjoyable to work under. Um, I mean, that is also the luck of your draw too. You might not know someone like that, but it's, it's, if you want the best result, it's always best to network, branch out, find other people that are already in research. Um, so just like a quick follow-up question, um, were you able to publish after all the research or did you kind of just, um, you know, did, did it show up in your interviews of, to Columbia? Like you're still ongoing, you're doing it continually or. Yeah. So, um, I mentioned that I started my research during my senior year, uh, at the dental school. And that was also while I was interviewing. So I didn't have much tangible, um, work done at that time, but I, if it ever came up in an interview, I told them, the interviewer, what I was working on, how the progress is going. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really pivot my application or my resume towards research. I just mentioned it, um, told them I was working on it. I did end up publishing, but that was actually a few months ago. It was like years after I graduated, um, partially because of the pandemic, but partially because I was just getting into the, the research field at the time while I was interviewing. So it wasn't a really big part of my application. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really interesting uh, perspective because I know a lot of students feel like they need to do research, you know, before, you know, they apply to dental school and the application, but I feel like 
even I didn't know that, that you could just put that down as your application. They wouldn't really question that that much, but they, they, I guess they'd appreciate that, you know, you're still working towards your goal, even after you've applied. And in a way you're kind of trusting the school that, uh, you know, that they'll, they'll trust you and that you're going to finish your research during your senior year. Uh, so that's just something really interesting. I didn't really think about it that way, but, uh, yeah. So how, how, how has Columbia been? How, how's, you know, I know you're going to an incoming D3. So how, you know, how's uh, the clinics been? How the class has been? How is just the entire vibe of Columbia Dental been? Yeah, I could give you like a quick rundown of the first two years. Um, just so you students or undergrads have an expectation of what goes on. It's different at every school. Um, but Columbia is one of the few schools where your curriculum is integrated with the medical school. So the first year and a half, um, you're taking mostly medical school courses, um, you know, like biochemistry, anatomy, stuff like that, uh, alongside the medical students, which is super cool. You get to know everything about the human body, which I think is super important for the next generation of dentists. Um, and then they sprinkle in dental courses um, throughout the first year. Um, and you start your hand skills the second semester, you go into a sim lab, uh, work on procedures um, on mannequins and typodons. Um, and then into the fourth semester. So after a year and a half of mostly medical school classes as when you're fully quote unquote a dental student, um, you're taking all these different types of dental courses. You're taking each specialty one at a time. We started with orthodontics and we went into pediatrics, oral surgery. Um, and then towards the end of the second year, um, is when you start ramping up for clinic. Uh, you're performing all, you're doing hand skills like all, all the time. Um, and you get a lot of, you're bombarded with information on how to uh, work with patients, how to manage uh, the electronic health record, uh, what to do when you're inside the actual clinic, what to expect, how to set up a chair. Um, and it comes out you fast kind of um, in the last month or two. It's, that's, what's, that's what I've been doing. Um, one thing I will say about dental school that some people may not know is that courses can start and end at any point in time. Um, it's not like a semester-based schedule where you're taking one class at a certain time, a certain days a week throughout the whole semester. Um, classes can span like, for example, like three weeks long and it's like four hours a day, um, every day of the week. And, and then you have a final, like in the middle of the semester, like in April or March or something um just uh heads up on that one because it kind of it, it could be it could be kind of fast-paced yeah i think that change of pace like from undergrad to like you know i just i actually just learned that myself like dental school that's kind of crazy because you know as undergrad your whole schedule is predicated on when your classes start and stuff like that but dental school i guess you gotta be prepared for everything yeah um so like i just wanted to ask you like uh how did you choose Columbia? Did you apply to other schools? Like, was there something about Columbia that really stood out to you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I applied to, I think, six schools all in the Northeast. I wanted to say somewhat close to home. Um, my priority in choosing a dental school was going somewhere where, where I would be the most happy and the least stressed. So Stony Brook was a fantastic school. It was one of my uh, final choices. It was between Stony Brook and Columbia. What I really loved about Columbia, I'm sure a lot of people already know, is that the curriculum is pass-fail. And not only that, it's, it's a very supportive system. Um, 
failure doesn't mean you're getting kicked out of dental school. Failure is an opportunity to learn and refocus your skills um, and understand where you need more um, guidance, right? That's what they really emphasize at our school. And I feel like that produces a really low stress environment. You're able to learn to become a dentist at your own pace. Um, and the vibe at the school when I interviewed was amazing. It was the most of the interview process was led by students themselves. Everyone was super upbeat, super happy to be there, always complimentary of the school. Um, and I wanted to go somewhere where like everyone is just in, everyone enjoys doing what they do, being there every day. Um, and I thought Columbia stood out more than any other school. Um, and I, my, I know it's a very expensive school to go to, um, but my philosophy is I'm in my 20s. Um, I'm at my, the peak of my life. I want to be as happy and least stressed as possible, no matter the cost. I'll pay, I'll pay out um, the loans when I'm older, but I just I need to be as the, the least stressed as possible. And Columbia offered that. Yeah, I think that's another very important factor to consider that, uh, you know, you have this pass-fail curriculum at some of these schools. I know, so you mentioned Columbia has it. Um, that definitely probably reduces a lot of stress, as you said, from being this rigorous dental school process that everyone has to go through. And uh, definitely something to consider for, <clears throat> you know, those applying this cycle or, you know, and obviously in future cycles. Um, so on that note, like the low stress life, how, how has the social life been at Columbia? How, how you know, how have you felt it? How have you felt fitting in so far? How do you feel like about your classmates and, uh, you know, what kind of events are you involved in there? Yeah. I mean, involvement for me, I'm not really involved in too many things right now. I've, the first couple of years I was involved in as the district two, um, only mainly to give back because as has done so much during my undergrad years to support pre-dental students. And I wanted to, um, carry that on. Um, I'm part of, I'm part of the orthodontic society, um, which is super cool because we get speakers, um, previous alum, uh, orthodontists to come give us advice on uh, what the field is like. Super cool. I'm sure every school has that. Um, but I think um, we have so many cool different clubs. Like we have a club called CD, CD Yum, Columbia Dental Yum, which is all about like professors and other people like uh, showing us how to cook different recipes and cool stuff like that. Like it's, it's all about food. Um, I think we have a uh, social class chairs. They organize the coolest events for us. Last week, uh, our class went on a boat cruise just to celebrate um, the end of uh, the first two years of dental school. The, a month before we had um, previous alum who became our class parents sponsor a whole dinner for our class. We went out to a restaurant, had a great time. Um, and the, the, the Columbia, Columbia alum really look out for us. And that's also something I really love about the school, how um, your involvement with the school doesn't always end when you graduate. They're, they're very active um, and they want to see a success and, and they see us succeed and, and uh, allow us to have fun. That's actually kind of nice to hear. That means like, you know, Columbia is a really good, you know, it does good things for people there. Yeah. Um, sounds like a really good, you know, experience. Um, I know I saw on your social media page that you, you were certified to do cleanings now. Is that what that was? Oh, no, no. It was, um, so for those who don't know, um, at the end of your first two years of dental school, um, or at least at Columbia, there's a ceremony called the clinic clinician ceremony. 
that uh, commemorates the um, uh, the introduction of uh, dental students into the clinic. So it was just it was just a ceremony um, uh, before we start seeing patients for the first time. Uh, kind of going back to you know the pre-dental experience, what are some things that pre-dental students should really focus on to look attractive? Um, to different schools, like in a unique way. Um, I know definitely grades are like 50% of it. Definitely. Um, like what are the things, you know, maybe, yeah. even, maybe even about grades, like how do you maintain all these things? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is having a good GPA and good DAT score. That's like getting one step into the door, um, right on your application. Um, Unique dental experiences would be great if you have you're involved in a sun, summer dental program. I know Stony Brook has one. There's something called um, SH Pep, I think. Um, uh, summer Health Scholars, something along those lines. Um, I think any experience that um, shows your involvement in dentistry specifically is super helpful. Example: uh, outreach in the dental field. If you have significant hours, if you've committed months or years into that, I think whatever you do, if it's dental related, uh, if it's a long-term commitment, that's like a really positive, like um, that's a real big plus on your application because it shows that, okay, this kid is, hey, he's smart, cool. But he's also really committed to the field already. He's not even in dental school yet, you know? Um, those are the biggest things to me. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of pre-dental students think they have to major in some science like biology or biochemistry. I've come to realize that's not at all. You don't have to major in, in a hard science. Uh, there's one of my classmates was, uh, in finance for like years before he switched over to dentistry. Another one, um, was in a whole different field. I, uh, I don't want to say specifically, I don't want to talk about people's personal lives, but um, you can major in anything, anything that interests you. That's why I minored in French because there's a personal interest of mine. Even though I majored in biochemistry, I, I spent the time uh, doing things that I was super interested in. So if you're committed to dentistry and you know you want to be a dentist, it doesn't matter what major you're in. Have, have fun with it while you're in undergrad. Yeah. And I think another really important point right there is, uh, you know, you don't have to major in like a biology or biochemistry or some of these more STEM related court uh, majors, you can definitely just do whatever you like, like business law, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, so, so yeah, I want to, well, let's, let's talk about the DAT, right. And the dental school application as a whole now, um, something that every pre-dental student is, is uh, it's just something they have to face. You got to face it that way. Um, so can you run us through your application? Like how'd that go? How'd you feel about it? Uh, you know, how'd you kind of overcame this, this, this gigantic monster of an application? Yeah. Um, so I took my DAT the winter of my junior year. My initial plan was to take it between sophomore and junior year. So I started studying that summer between sophomore and junior. Um, and I, I wasn't, really taking the studying very seriously. Um, I studied chemi general chemistry and organic chemistry during that summer, and that consumed all of my time. Um, 
I think the best thing to do before you start studying for the DAT itself, when you're taking these prerequisite classes that are correlated to the DAT, have that perspective that not only do I need to do well um, in this class to, to get a good grade, but I also have to really understand the material in the future so that when I study for the DAT, it'll come easy to me. Um, keep that perspective while you're taking those classes and really understand the material. Um, I think TAing really helped me uh, with the chemistry section um, because also I think the best, best way to learn something is uh, to learn something to the point where you could teach it back to someone else. Because then at that point, you really understand the material and it, it, it makes logical sense in your head, right? You're not just memorizing bullet points or facts. To be able to explain it back to someone means you, you really know your stuff in that field. That's the, I mean, you can't do that for every single subject, but um, as much as you can for whatever, for bio, for gen chem, one of those, it, it'll go a long way. Um, so during my winters, when I really started um, cramming the books, I think it was five or six weeks, I used DET Bootcamp. Um, I heard DET Booster is also very, very good, like maybe even better than Bootcamp nowadays, but I took my DET like three years ago. DET Bootcamp was more than enough to help me um, do well on the exam. Um, and another thing is for the PAT, the Perceptual Abilities Test, that's the most intimidating to me because it's the one subject where you don't have previous experience or exposure to until you start studying for the perceptual ability um, part of the exam. So I recommend months before you start really studying for the DAT, treat, do some practice problems every single day, 15 minutes, and treat it like a puzzle. Treat it like the daily wordle or something, you know? Um, just make it a habit. Keep doing it little by little. And by the time you start really studying for the DAT, it's like it's like a fun little like game to you at that point. Sounds great. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm you know, I I was I wanted to take it, you know, like do it this summer. Um, but decided to do some research instead. So I'm kind of focusing on that. And yeah. Um planning on doing it, I guess, study, you know, during the fall semester and take it next year early. And yeah. Of course we we both, I think we're both gonna apply, you know, the June, the June cycle. So next summer. Oh, so uh, right at right. So so no gap year, you're saying? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not everyone it sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um. So uh, you you mentioned that you um specialize you you want to specialize in orthodontics, right? Yeah. So um, did this come from when you were shadowing, or was it kind of like a did it grow on you as you started dental school? Um. So it was always in the back of my mind. I had braces when I was a kid in middle school. I thought it was really cool. The orthodontist, like their job. Um, I don't know. I was like, oh, it seems like a relaxing career, like laid back, but you're also helping people um, at the same time. So that was in the back of my head. And then during dental school, we had like a two or three week block of orthodontics. Um, and I found that super fascinating when we, um, that orthodontics is more than just putting on braces and calling it a day. It's about treatment planning your patient years in advance. Um, understanding jaw relationships um, in patients and how that might affect um, how the teeth um, are set and how they are positioned. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm someone who likes to plan ahead 
um, and and really like uh, work with someone over a long period of time to to see themselves at uh, their treatment at completion. Uh, work alongside a patient is super cool over time, and I I just love that that age group, like that young teen, young adult group. They're just so fun to be around. You get, I mean, me right now, I can really relate to them because I'm I'm still kind of young, right? Um, but I mean, those people are always like, I don't know, they they're so uh, they they have a, a a lot of light in them, you know. And that kind of gives you more light when you you work with them, you know, kind of like rejuvenate exactly. battery. You yeah, know, things aren't going well, you know. Exactly. They make it make it make a joke or something lights you up. Yeah. So, um, you know, from here, where do you see yourself in the next two years, three years, four years? Like, what are your future goals? Maybe not only for the next step of your life, but you know, for dental school. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be the most, um, dedicated dental student I can be by being in the clinic as much as I can. I realized that there uh you really get your hand held throughout this process in dental school right once you graduate there's no one there to tell you that you did something wrong there's no one there to tell you oh you did something oh if you did something well right there's just there's no guidance like that so i want to take advantage of my faculty as much as i can learn as much as i can in these next two years because um that's what i'm paying for and and it'll, it'll only help me in the long run um just being a really dedicated dental student is is on my mind doing anything I can to get into orthodontics. I mean, I'm open to other specialties actually at the moment, like orthodontics isn't dead set um, because I just haven't had enough experience in the other fields to really, really know what I want to do, right? I have not done an actual orthodontic case. I've not done an actual denture case. Maybe I'll, re I'll, I'll really like dentures in the future, but um, I really just want to take my time exploring the different fields, um, hopefully get into some type of residency program um, in these next couple of years and, just enjoy life in the meantime. I'm, I'm in New York city. Um, you know, there's uh, things are opening up. I want to enjoy my time. I have friends over and like explore the city together and uh, we have a good time, you know, I'm very sure of that. I think that you're going to do great things in the future. So why don't you leave us with a little bit of advice for our uh, pre-dental listeners um, as they continue on their own journeys? I would say don't get lost in the sauce. Um, there's, there's been times where I've just been so focused on school and so focused on getting into dental school that I forget that like I'm young and I'm in college and I, I should be spending some time hanging out with my friends, playing basketball, doing other things. Um, and not everything in life is so serious all the time. So definitely learn to uh, pace yourself, learn to have some type of discipline, but never forget that you're young and you have a life to live at the same time, you know? That's something my mom always tells me, like, why are you working so much? Like, just relax, enjoy life, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, definitely next time you come back to Stony Brook, I would need that 1v1. <laughs> well, it's definitely. We got, you know, they just redid the recreation center. so we got Really? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm down to play anytime. Gotta, I'll definitely be praying for the New York Knicks. I don't know what they're doing, but praying for them always. Please. All right, we'll yeah. make the playoffs this year, I promise. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> All right. So that concludes this episode of the Dose of Dental podcast. Thank you, Zaid, for joining me and sharing your experiences and advice. Your insight was definitely valuable, and I hope that it will be the same for pre-dental listeners. Everyone, please feel free to reach out to Zaid at his socials if you have any further questions. Lastly, I thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Spotify. And we will see you next time for another Dose of Dental. Mm -hmm.